You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to The Better Man Podcast. Adam Tarno here in studio again with Chris Harper. So Chris, I don't, I don't want to start off like uh, with a nosedive. Uh, my buddy David Marvin would talk about that, starting sermons off with a, with a really sobering story. He's like, man, we're nosediving on this one. But, uh, but I think it's appropriate given the topic that we want to talk about. And I think it's appropriate given, so you and I are recording this in a studio in Dallas, Texas, and just a little over a week ago, or no, just a few days ago, we had a, a horrific tragedy uh, that happened here that's happening all over the world and all over our country this year with gun violence and, and the shooter up at that Allen Premium Outlets up there in Allen, Texas. Um, I had a couple in my uh, community group and their son, they were up there, they were in one of the stores when that all went down and um, had the opportunity to, uh, you know, they had to leave their car there and so we got to go up there and pick them up and things like that. But it's, um, you know, every day you open up the newspaper, every day you look at the news, it's pretty easy to feel a lot of despair right now. That feels very simple and easy to do right now, given the state of the world. And um, listen, sin's been around for a long time, so the world's always had some fractures in it. Um, But everybody would say right now, just it just feels different uh, right now. And so as followers of Jesus, it's really hard at times to have hope and to reject that despair. And then all the all the things that come with that, the cynicism, the sarcasm, the frustration, the just kind of giving up, um, things like that. So that's what we want to talk about today. Absolutely. how man. we can handle that and how as men we can navigate these, uh, these seasons that we find ourselves in. Absolutely. And no one is, um, you know, no one is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Immune to despair, right? Like, like at some point, we're all going to go through a storm, right? I think about, I think about the disciples going into the storm. Um, it's not like the storm. Um, it's not like Jesus created the storm out of nothing. The storm was always there. Um, you know, they were selling into it. So I, I, I think in life, every one of us, and this this sounds like a tragic view of life. It's just reality. I think all of us, even the people listening to this, you're in one of three spots in your life right now. You're either in the midst of a storm, coming out of a storm, or about to go into a storm. But the storm is there, right? And and despair, um, especially the, the despair while you're in the storm, it is absolutely wrecking our culture. And and what what sacred and secular science and speakers are talking about, which it's true, it is specifically harming our men. You know, men, middle-aged white men right now are suicide 4X more than anybody else. Um, Alcoholism, drug abuse, like all the categories you don't want to be leading in, like men are leading in. Right. And and the root of this is is what you said, man. It's this it's this hopelessness, right? That that brings about um this desperation. Yeah. And whether that manifests itself in a, a mass shooting or whether it manifests itself in in you know somebody taking their life in their, their garage, yeah. um, we're seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it, interesting you use both of those stories because both of those have invaded our neighborhood uh, this year. Uh, we've had a neighbor that took his own life and, and then obviously what went on up in Allen, Texas. And so it's it's everywhere. All of those stories, all of those things. If we think about, 
if we think about despair, because uh, sometimes just a simple definition can be helpful, because again, as men, we all feel emotions. We may not be great at describing them, right? So what would be some uh, a way you would define despair or be some clues that maybe, all right, that yeah, that's something I'm feeling and experiencing right now. Any yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think at the root of despair, I, I would think of it like a ceiling on your joy. Right, right. It's 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 just there. There is no. You feel trapped. I've got nowhere else to go. You know, I've worked myself into this problem, or I've worked myself into this hole, or somebody else is to blame for where I am today. And there's no escape. There's no way out. Like you, you can't see beyond your current situation. You know, it's interesting. Um, a lot of the research, most of the research, that comes out of um, atrocities. So think of um, POWs, right, prisoners of war. Think of the Holocaust. Like survivors that come out of war camps, survivors that come out of the Holocaust, they testify that the people who make it are those who can see beyond the horizon. It's, it's, it's the people who, who don't tend to focus on the crisis and the criticism in the moment, right? They can see beyond the horizon, and and when I share that, I think about I think about Psalm twenty three, right? Um, the sheep wander through the valley of of darkness and death, right? Um, when you read that psalm, it's interesting. The sheep aren't lost. The sheep didn't pick the valley; like they're literally following the shepherd through the valley. So so immediately the question comes to mind. Um, why would a good shepherd lead his sheep through the valley of, of darkness and death? And there's only two logical answers. Either one, he's not really a good shepherd, that secretly he's wicked, or two, the good shepherd's taking you through the valley because there's something better on the other side, right? And because we know he's a good shepherd, we know there's something better on the other side. So what I tell people all the time, man, like you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you just can't pitch your tent there. <laughs> Like you got to keep going. <laughs> yes, you gotta you gotta keep moving, man. You gotta focus um, on the horizon. You've gotta you've gotta believe, man, that that when I get out of this, like like there's gonna be something better on the other side. Because because here's the reality: the storm is coming, right? But here's also a good truth that you can hold on to today: every storm eventually runs out of rain. That does. It does. This is so relevant. I mean, it's really interesting. Two two things. Um, I, I published a blog today called On Pity Parties, and uh, and I put a confession in there, which is I realized, you know, I'm naturally an introvert, but I, I love a good party every now and again. But I, I had a, a realization recently that my favorite party is a pity party. Oh, wow. And that I am, um, I joked that I should put those uh, pity party as a skill on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, because I throw some pretty epic ones. Oh, right. <laughs> so we're talking uh, balloons and streamers. Streamers. I mean, I'm amazing. <laughs> I throw un, like unbelievable pity parties for myself whenever there's a valley or whenever there's a storm, and I just I just feel that despair. And um, but part of what I wrote about in that was, uh, but over the last six or eight months, I haven't thrown many pity parties, and it's kind of surprising why. And, and I talked about just some ideas that we spoke on on the, the previous podcast episode where I talked about just this idea of personal agency and how powerful that's been for me. 
to just remind myself that in the midst of a storm, um, I'm not a victim. There's still things I can do. It's not just sit here and, and, and wait for this to end. I mean, there are some things that we can do in the midst of all the little despairs that we feel. Yeah. And that movement, I, I like how you said that, like, keep moving. Yeah. That movement reminds me that I'm engaged and I'm not just sitting here as a helpless victim in the midst of all of this. And I had this realization this morning. Uh, yesterday was, let's just say yesterday was a bad day, because uh, it was. It, it was an emotionally, it was a hard day in my, in my world. And I was listing out this morning all the different things going on. And one of them was the rain, right? Because it's just, it was rainy oh, yesterday. I hate rainy days, bro. And, and then all the other things, though, uh, were other things. And so everything from my wife keeps telling me is that she's finding roaches in our bathroom to uh, one of my sons went and practiced his sport and it didn't go very well to some things going on with the business and all this. And, and I had this realization, Chris, that I will, I will treat every valley like it's rain because with, of all the things I listed that were causing despair in my life, rain was the only one that I had absolutely nothing that I could do about it. But all the other things, if I really thought about it, there was something I could do. There was something I could do. And and even in the rain, P.S., you can grab an umbrella. I can grab an umbrella. You're exactly right. <laughs> okay, never mind. Let me go back and I can do that. But but it was to me, it was it was just like, I need to not treat every valley I go through like it's rain, that I just have to sit here and just wait. Just oh, wait bro. for the rain to end. And, and And when we do that, bro, so I call this the Lego syndrome. Okay. Um, as many of you know, I've got lots of young children, which means lots of Legos. We're a big Lego family. There are Legos everywhere. All over. In my You're house. You're going to be finding them for years. Everywhere. And so what would happen is I would walk through my house and I would step on a Lego. Nothing will make me lose my witness like stepping on a Lego in the middle of the night. I have said things that I can't repeat. So after some time of this, I found myself coming home, and as soon as I would walk through the door, Adam, I would look for Legos, and I would miss all the good that was happening around me. So I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old that were running to the door and screaming, Daddy, we're so happy you're home. And instead of embracing that and focusing on that, I was looking for Legos. And I got so convicted. One day I went to my wife and I said, hey, I'm going to stop looking for Legos. And she's like, what are you talking about? Of course, I love talking in parables. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, I'm going to stop looking for the rain. Yeah. Right. I'm going to stop complaining about the rain and I'm going to try to focus on what's good. What's good. What's yeah. good, man. And yes. And, and it's like, and also not just going, well, this is bad. Um and all the things we'll tell ourselves as Christians in the midst of those. I mean, we'll tell ourselves some crazy things when bad things happen. Oh, God may be punishing me. Oh, he's trying to teach me something. Oh, that, I mean, we'll start running all of those things. And um, just also, also we can go, is there anything I can do about this? That's it. Anything I can do. Because guess what? When my wife has texted me going, there's another roach. And I'm just like, man, one of these roaches is going to go away. You know what I did? I called the exterminator. That's and he it. showed up this morning, bro. And it was like, oh, I can do so. so I don't have to sit in this storm of uh, no, the roaches showing up. And it. my son with this, it's like, oh, we can do we can do that today after school. And then this thing with the business, oh, we can go and do that. And it's yeah, it's hard. It's not. I don't know if these are going to produce the outcomes I want, but 
but it's okay for me to ask, is there anything I can do and put some things on my to-do list and go after and then, it. And then go do it, man. And th- this is a whole nother episode for another day, but over-spiritualizing things. Yes. I was just at an event. I was speaking at an event and um, they couldn't get the projector to come on. And someone in the room piped up, um, well, I guess the devil just doesn't want us to be here. And I, Adam, I couldn't help myself. I said, or maybe you don't know how to work the projector. <laughs> Which, which did, did not go, go over well for no, me. I bet. I bet it did. That's a great way to start. But but it was it's it, it's that thought, right, that I'm helpless, right? Yes. You're not helpless. Not. Like like the king of kings is for you. Yep. Right? He's yes. not against you. No. And and he's equipped you, he's empowered you, right? Yes, there are things beyond your your, your control. There are circumstances that that you're not even going to see they're going to punch you in the mouth. But what did Tyson say, man? Everybody has a plan till they get hit in the face. Yes. Right? Life's going to hit you in the face, yep. right? And you can respond. Yes. Here's what I don't think I ever appreciated about valleys that by the grace of God I'm starting to understand is yes, there's something on the other side. The process of walking through a valley is making me stronger, that's it. and that's good. I, I have valued—I mean, we always value the, um, you know, the strong body, of course, but a, a strong mind and a strong heart and a strong resolve that, that's like, okay, this is hard. Guess what? Uh, and I know Jocko would say this. It's like the uh, good. Good. Well, it's not good when bad things are happening, okay? That's not good, but— all right, I'm going to get stronger. That and uh, and these aren't just like mental mind tricks that we play with ourselves just to kind of Pollyanna our way through the valleys. These are real promises that we can hold on to and real. And this is reality. Going, this is hard. It's not good. Is there anything I can do? Okay, let's move. Let's let's have some action. And I know that one of the fruits that's going to be produced by this is uh, I'm going to be a little bit stronger as we go through this. And as men, we all want to be stronger. Uh, and it's not just stronger in body, but but stronger in mind and heart as well. Those are that, That's good. Oh, bro, it, it, it's huge. And the, the Puritans, in my opinion, the Puritans had this figured out. Yeah. They, had a, they had a rich, what they call theology of suffering, right? One of my favorite Puritans said, um, I love it when God throws me into the cellar of affliction because it's there that he keeps his best wine. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like drink that up yes, literally. Yes, right? <laughs> like amazing. Like 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 that like that outlook on things knowing man I'm going through this valley, I'm going through this loss, I'm going through this struggle, but the Lord is refining me and not just physically like spiritually he's refining me. Spiritually he's like the sheep only could depend on the shepherd. Otherwise, they would have dead. They 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 were dead, right? So they 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 you know in this in this in this storm right now, you know, God is doing something. I think I think one of the best things we can do as men, as believers, is that when tragedy and struggle and pain and suffering comes our way, before we do anything else, before we lament, before we mourn, before we grieve, before we complain, I think the first thing we should do. Is, is take a moment and say, God, is there something I should know? Something you want to teach me? God, what are you trying to show me? And then mourn and grieve and complain and struggle. But keep on the forefront of your mind, don't waste this moment. That's don't right. waste the suffering. Don't, don't waste it. And, and listen, if we don't even ask that question, I think you would agree with this. Let's go to the metaphor of the gym. Uh, when I show up at the gym... 
and I, you know, work out whatever muscle group, I'm not expecting that muscle group immediately to start to look different. I know it's the consistent process of showing up on a regular basis that that muscle group is going to get stronger. And so if you're going through a valley or you're in the midst of a storm right now and you can't point at like, oh, and then I learned this, this was the aha, doesn't, that's fine. It doesn't mean that that was a bad thing. It's, it's the process of going through multiple valleys, multiple storms where you become stronger. I remember when I was, first became a, a Christian in college, uh, again, just little crazy things that Christians say. We'll, we'll talk about somebody and be like, oh my gosh, that is a strong Christian. He is such a strong Christian. Oh, that she is such a super strong Christian. And we would talk about this strength that was there. I don't, I don't know, does the strong Christian even exist if they have not been through valleys? And have they not been through some suffering? That's what makes them strong, not the Bibles that they've memorized or even the sins that they avoid. That's right. It's that they have, they have walked with God through so much. Oh, absolutely. And they're just like, hey, he's good. Next. This and is, this and is going to be hard. They, he's go. walked with God and kept the faith. Yes. Right? So in Middle Eastern times, in biblical times, you weren't considered. So wisdom was the pinnacle, right? If you were wise, people came to you and wanted to follow you. You were a rabbi, etc. So you weren't considered wise until two things happened. One, you had to turn 40. 40 was the cutoff for wisdom, right? Anything right. before 40, you're foolish. That's right. So our man up at Oklahoma State years ago, I'm a man, I'm 40. Uh, the, <laughs> that's right. the coach, he that's, was right. That's right. He, was just, he knew his Bible. That's it. <laughs> and then the second piece of that is you had to suffer some sort of tragic loss. When those two things combined, you were considered wise, which, by the way, is why they were astounded by Jesus. Because my guy was 31 years old and hadn't really experienced a whole lot, and they were like, how in the world... Is he so wise, right? Well, it's because he's supernaturally wise, right? But 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 for us average people who are not Jesus, <laughs> you know, age and tragedy equal wisdom and fruitfulness and faithfulness, man. And again, it's something we avoid, dude. It, it's something we try our hardest to avoid instead of using it to refine us. Yeah, that's good. And now let's reset this because I'm not saying at all that the storms are good. What happened in Allen, Texas is not good, okay? Uh, hardships are hard, and so I don't want to take this unempathetic approach to all of it, but I think for us as men, uh, the way we look at these um, can be incredibly helpful, and we have, a, in some ways, uh, agree or disagree that, that our despair is a choice in some of this. Yeah, yeah, so your circumstance um, often is not a choice. That's good. I right. like that. That's good nuance. How you respond is 100% Excellent. your choice. And that's, I think we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Good tease. That, yeah. yeah <laughs> I like that. I'm yeah. learning from you, you bro. Are. I mean, you, you're <laughs> the master. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. So let, let's put a couple of, of like uh, bullet points on this one, though. So a guy's sitting there, he's driving around going, okay, yeah, I, despair. That's where I am. I've got all these circumstances. I'm in a storm. Um, Adam, you and Chris seem really fired up about all this, but what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Let's, let's think about a few things here. Yeah, first thing, don't waste it. Don't, um, don't avoid it. Don't run from it. Please, God, per, don't, don't pretend like nothing bad is happening and everything is roses. Like, like embrace it. I know that sounds weird. Embrace the pain. 
embrace the struggle, acknowledge that it's real. That's the first thing you have to do. There, there is no, men are so good at pretending, right? Especially Christian men, bro. We're so good at pretending, right? Stop pretending, acknowledge, hey, there's a circumstance either I created or created by someone else and I'm in it and it's real. That's the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do is begin to ask God, okay, there's something I need to learn or something that you want to teach me. Lord, open my mind, open my eyes. Let me receive what that is, whether that's now or whether that's... There There, there are things that I am learning today from a loved one's death that was 10 years ago, and I'm just now learning those things today. But it was that it was that death that I that I walked through that suffering that I walked through ten years ago that is producing fruit in my life today, and and I'm asking the Lord, man, what is it that you want me to see? What am I am I needing to learn from this? And then the third thing I would do is just listen, listen, man, listen and see what God has for you, um, um, knowing right knowing that there's something better on the other side. We have to keep um, our eyes on the horizon and beyond the horizon, right? Uh, Which really is um, Mark chapter 4 that I'm going to unpack next week. That's awesome. I love it. Chris, as always, great to be with you. See you, boss. Hey there, podcast listeners. Just a second before you go. Today, we have got a bonus, a free resource for you called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. We know between work, family, and life, it can be really difficult to find and practice a good model for biblical masculinity. That's why we record these podcasts for you every week. And that's also why we put together five ways to be a better man. So all you have to do to get this is go to betterman.com, put in your email, and download this great free resource. You don't have to try to be a better man on your own. We are here to help. So go to betterman.com, put in your email, and get five ways to be a better man right now. Betterman.com.